You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Father, we bless your name tonight. We worship you. Give him praise, just magnify his name, bless his name. Glory to your name, glory to your name, glory to your name. We worship you, worship you. We worship you. Opelo Yehon Baba Olore. powerful, glorious. We live to praise you. We live to praise you. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout it loud, amen. Mm. There is no victory that you receive from God that Satan will not contain. There is no testimony that you share that the enemy will not attack. There is no gift that you receive that the enemy will not contend with. And this is why people give up. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> there is a reason why the Bible says, above all, take unto yourself the shield of faith. Ephesians 6, 16. Talking about the armors of God, why did he add the word above all? So he talked about the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Then he says, above all, there is also the sword of the spirit, but he didn't put above, above all, take unto yourself the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Above all, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. The answers to the darts is not prayer, it's faith. Even though your faith is connected to your prayer life. But we respond to the fiery darts by faith. In other words, forever, we continue to say what the word of God says. Not what the enemy is showing us. And after a while, the victory is imported into this physical realm. Did somebody hear what I've just said now? Thank you. God bless you. You can have your seat. I feel like coming down today to this. So, hallelujah. You might not need to move the puppy, but if you want to help me move it, fine. But you don't have to. It's, it's okay. I can preach. After all, we were not moving it on Sunday before. All right. Are you with me? I want to read something very profound from God's word. How many of you know the story of the... I've referred to that story several times here in Matthew 17. But I want us to read Mark's version of the story. Mark chapter 9. There are things that when you know them, you are not moved by what is going on around you. You respond from your spirit, not from your external senses. Now, you know the story where the father brought the boy to Jesus. He went to Mount, on Mount Figuration. And then, in verse 16, or let's start from 14. And when he came to his disciples, so he was coming down from the mountain of transfiguration. Verse, verse 14. When he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straight away all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him. Well, he was just coming from the presence of glory. When you pray to a point where something supernatural happens to you while you are praying, even people you don't tell will notice. They might not be able to describe what has happened, but there's this glow, there's this thing they see on you. So Jesus came and everybody ran to him. Let's go on. Okay. Verse 16. And he asked the scribe, what questions ye with them? In other words, why, why are you talking to my disciples? And one of the multitudes, several things, answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which had a dumb spirit. One time I explained 
this situation. The father said, dumb spirit, he must have heard it later because what happened to the boy was actually epilepsy. But they were shocked that when Jesus wanted to address the evil spirit, he said, you deaf and dumb spirit, and Jesus said nothing about epileptic spirits. In other words, in the realm of the spirits, demons hide their operations so that the measles of prayer don't touch them directly. So a spirit can be responsible for something and the aftermath effect of that thing, what you see happening to that person is not exactly the real cause or the real thing that is fueling it. Probably, one of the reasons, maybe, why the disciples never could cast out that spirit was that they were saying that you epileptic spirit come out. Now, in some cases, people have more than one demon troubling them. Now, when there are multitudes of demons, there is one that is a primary demon that, first of all, inhabited that person before bringing in other people. Now, in deliverance, when you don't deal with that foremost demon, you cannot deliver the person. Did you get that? You've read where Jesus said that an evil spirit went out of a man and was seeking rest and he found none. He returned to the house and took more wicked spirit than himself. Now, that spirit will be the landlord. In dealing with that person, you have to cast out that particular first occupant. If you do, if you don't, it's like cutting the leaves of a tree and leaving the root. So, in this situation, this was one of the reasons, one of the few times, probably the only time, when Jesus asked about the etymology of a problem. He said to the father that for how long has this been? He did not ask many other people. He saw the one that was born blind. He saw the one in John chapter 9. In John chapter 5, then he saw the one that was at the pool of Bethsaida. And he just said, that was there for 30 years. Jesus just said, get up, get up. Do you want to make, make old? The guy said, do you want to make old? Pack your bed and go to your house. And that was it. But something made Jesus to ask this question in this particular. Can you keep us in that place, please? That's the only scripture I'm looking at. Sorry, the scripture we started with. Thank you. I know you know a lot of scriptures. Why don't you stay? <laughs> he asked his Christ, what question here with them? Verse 17. And one of them said, Master, I brought to my son, which had a dumb spirit. Verse 18. Whenever I take it, he tear at him, foment in his mouth, and he with his You don't see dumb people doing this. Dumb means that they can't just talk. But this particular person, the manifestation is more of epilepsy. Forming in his mouth, falling into fire, falling into water. I'm right, Pastor Billy, right? <laughs> I said, Doctor, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. We will talk more about this another day. Why many times disciples of Jesus, it's still like that today, can't deal with some force of darkness in people's life. Why do I say about this time tomorrow, 10,000 that will hit my account and it's not happening? Jesus does not have much explanation for it. He just wants He said unbelief. That means unbelief is what studying is the major problem. How does God train us? I told somebody um, about four weeks ago, I was in Apostle Man's house in Abuja and we're talking and he, he said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. 
and it began. He said, when I was in the University of Zaria, I would just believe God. I would pray and speak an amount. And I would say, I will find it in my account. He said, so I will go to the bank inside the school and I will stand. Check my account. Somebody sent money to me and he said, till from morning, nine o'clock till two, he will sit down in the bank and no money came in. By 3.30, the bank wanted to close. He walked up to the bank and I sorry, check again, check again. He was trying to exercise his faith. He said in all those years, all those years in school, all those years, money didn't come in one time. He said, but I was never discouraged. He said, then I realized that at times you are interested in the results. God is interested in the journey. There is a capacity. He said, as soon as that phase ended, then people started sending money even when I am not expecting it. In other words, we grow inside. And that spiritual growth is more important to God than the answer you want. So God enjoys the journey. You want the destination. Do you hear what I've just said now? Some other people, <laughs> at times, all that everyone wants to teach you is that the only support system in your life is the word of God. That no matter what is happening, you are sick, swallowing pills, and you are still saying that I am always healthy. Did you get what I've just said now? Yes. Your faith is built on the word that you will deny what is happening in your body to side with the word than to accept. God said, I am healed. I am healed. Why is it that when we pass that phase, that is when it becomes reality? Pastor Chris said, as a healing minister, in the early days of his marriage, he was sick. Pastor Tom and his wife carried him to the hospital and the doctor couldn't get him to say, I am sick. Shortly after that, he came to church and healing ministry started. The doctor said, what is wrong with you? I am well. In Jesus' name, by strength. He said, the boy, doctor asked, are you sure we won't add psychiatric problems to his problem? Because here you are throwing up with, and of course they put dreams on him. On the bed, they would tap him, wake up, he would just say, by his stripes. <laughs> and at the time, his wife was angry. What is wrong with you? He just refused to accept. He said, no, I am feeling this pain. I'm not denying it. But Jesus said, he took my infirmity. If he took it, he took it. Then I cannot have it. In other words, I will never accept that God can be wrong. You see, heaven will watch for a while. God will tell them that, do you see that boy? People like that. One day he was telling me, last time apostle was here, some of the people that came, a team of about 30 people came from America, and in about three states, they made up their mind on their own that every month they will send certain amount in dollars. These are big amount to him. He did not ask them. He has never met them before. Yet they put themselves together. You see, he was sowing into the bank of heaven. All those days when he was sitting down at the bank, you think angels were not seeing it. And by three o'clock, there will not be any money in the bank. He will be going home. The angels are falling. What's he going to say now? What's he going to say now? So I beg, this thing is not working. Let's be realistic. 
if he has said that you have cancelled the transaction. That is the meaning of they overcame by the blood and by the word of that testimony. They love not their lives unto death. You know, it's part of it. They refuse to change what they are saying, even in the face of death. How many people have been taught by what I'm saying right now? You know, many times we give up. So we have more. Ah, okay, 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 okay. I confess that that job was mine. Now they're giving it to someone else. You see, oh Lord Jesus, a, a woman, I read of one woman. She received a word from God that the interview, that she was going to get that job. As soon as she got there, they told her that they had finished the interview. They selected the people. She sat on the chair there and prayed in thoughts about three hours. Later, they called her in and they listened to her. They removed her, they put the selected and picked her. What the enemy wanted to do was that because God spoke to her. Many of you think that when God tells something, that is the end of the story. That is the beginning of the problem at times. I'm going to show you in the story of this woman, uh, this man. When God appears at times, that is when the trouble begins. So let's go. Keep me in that story, please. I beg you to keep me there. Do you need me to bribe you? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so the father spoke, said, whatever I take care of the I speak to your disciples and they could not. Verse 19. Jesus just quickly said, you know, next verse. Verse 19, please. Okay. I have my Bible. I will read. <laughs> Jesus said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Bring the boy. Next verse. And they brought him to him, and when he saw him, straight away, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed for me. Even the spirit was trying to intimidate Jesus. Now, by the time they were talking, the boy was okay. Then Jesus said, okay, where is the boy? Bring him. As the boy was coming, mm, it started again. This is what Satan does every now and then. When the master is coming, when the breakthrough is coming, when the power is coming, when the torch is coming, when the change is coming, when the transformation is coming, it gets utter. And many get discouraged. That's why Bible says we are not of them that draw back. A believer must say that any battle I enter, I enter just to win, nothing else. Because we are destined to win. No turning back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No turning back. So the spirit did not even mind what Jesus. The boy just started. Then Jesus did something. He fell on the ground while in next verse 21. Then decided to ask a question. And he asked the father, How long is it ago since this came to him? And he said, Of a child. And the father said, if you can do anything. Jesus said, no, if you can believe. And the father said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's a state where many times saints we find ourselves. 
a part of you believes, but there is this unbelief. And unbelief is very strong. It can swallow up your faith. I believe. Help my unbelief. I listened to a man of God one day. And he said, um, he was in a meeting. I mean, he's an American. He's a white man. He was in a meeting. And as he was preaching, he was preaching about the power of God like I'm doing tonight. He was so stirred up. And he saw a, a crippled man on the seat. He was, said he couldn't wait to finish the message just to tell the man to get up because he had read Smith's word and the rest. And he stepped down. And he said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And the man didn't get up. And he thought about what Peter did. That when Peter said to the crippled man also that get up, he didn't get up. Perhaps said, Peter pulled in. Have you read that before? Yes. yes. It was Peter that lifted. Then as soon as they lift, as an act of faith, then strength came. So he said, he just took the man. Get up and pulled in. The man fell on this side with crutches and everything. And the old child said, oh. And he said, he too had to bow to hug the man. He was in tears. As if he just injured the man. So he carried the man back to the chair. And of course, he was so discouraged. But he said, God has a way of giving you an answer that you are not ready to hear. I think as soon as he get, got home at night, he felt so bad. That's Andrew Womack. And he was like, why did I do this? Why did I? Why? And he felt so bad. Ah, God, I embarrassed you, embarrassed myself, embarrassed Jesus. Then he just fell into a story. Where Smithuguswa took a dead body, put her on the wall, and said, come alive, and left her. She fell down, goes. And everybody was watching. Smithuguswa picked the lady again. By the third time, that was when the life came in. They brought a woman with two more. The stomach was as big as it was not pregnancy. So, we go sword on the stage. And he said, Leave her. Those who were holding her, they left her. She fell with her belly, fell on the two more. And the old child went, he said, Pick her up. They picked her. He said, Leave her again. And the lady said, We are not leaving now. You want to enjoy? I said, I said, Leave her. They left her. She fell again on the two more. A man stood at the, you know why, at the back of the child and said, You beasts. Leave that woman alone. You want to kill her? And we just told him that, sorry, mind your business and let me mind my business. Your business is to shut up minds to heal this woman. He said, pick her up again. They thought time. The tumor fell out openly. Everybody saw it on the stage and she was perfectly old. The man began to cry at the back who was talking before. So the Lord was telling this guy that, what's the difference between you and, and Smith Guswal? Unbelief showed up in you. We go for refuse to accept unbelief. He just believed that the Bible says if they lay their hands on the sick, that there is no comma or if I lay, that means even if I'm looking at you and you don't appear to be healed, God is always right. I have done what He has said I should do. You are healed. In other words, when a believer gets to that point, there's no result we know. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you should go and pick people on the road and push them. <laughs> Lagos, might beat, Lagos might beat you up. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Let's begin to train ourselves to just believe that God means every word that he says. You might not arrive there one day. I am not yet there. We are often, I mean, you might not arrive there one day, but we can begin to journey towards the fact that a firm belief in the fact that God does not joke with words. And that the only thing that will stop the power of God from flowing is unbelief. 
Did you get that? Then Jesus just said, deaf and dumb spirit. But the disciples were wise. So in the night they came to Master. Ah, who got a soul? I know so now. You just said, come out. And he came out. But we also shouted, if I we chorus it, come out, come out. And nothing happened. What's the, what's the difference? And Jesus said, unbelief. He said, but let me tell you a secret. He said, this kind does not go out. Except prayer and fasting. Now, theologians have debated this. Some have said that this kind of evil spirit does not go out. Except by prayer and fasting. That is not correct. Because a scripture must support another scripture. There is no scripture in the Bible that talks about demons answering to fasting and prayer. It's true. In other words, even if you read it very well, he already told them the reason why demon did not come out. What did he say? He said, because of your unbelief, period. He did not say because you did not fast enough. But then, so he must be saying something else. I grew up on that scripture being taught also that there is a kind that does not go outside by prayer. That's not correct. The disciples did not even, they were not even born again. They could not fast one day. Jesus even abused them. That if the Pharisees abused them, that the disciples of John were fasting, your own disciples, they hit day and night. Yet when he sent them out, they came out and said, Even demons were subject to us in your name. So fasting cannot be the issue. Because the Bible will always explain the Bible. The Bible says, And the 70 returned, they returned and they were happy. I said, Lord, even demons obeyed us. And said, I don't rejoice, I rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. So that means it's not fasting. The first person that shocked African pastors with this was Kennedy again. The day he told them that he has never done dry fasting before, some pastor wanted to faint. Because they've done dry fasting all their life and they could not cast out spirit, not up to one third of what he has done. Even Pastor Deboe was among the people affected. He said he entered prayer and he said, Lord, if miracles do happen in Nigeria, I will tell the world you are a racist. He said, here is a white man sitting comfortably after eating breakfast, commanding spirit to land their living. He said, we after seven days of eating. Is not African demons are more... <laughs> Even though somebody says African demons are illiterate, they don't hear on time. <laughs> he said, Demons in America, they live in town. Even if you look at the names, two names. That time they will see Hurricane and call Hurricane Maria, Hurricane. Come and hear the names of our demons here. <laughs> From Yoruba to Igbo, you hear name. You have an idea of what is what spirit you are dealing with. And they say they stay in South Forest. The most potent charms are always in the village. If you say native doctor living in Lekki, it's not a real one. <laughs> the real ones, <laughs> they are inside the forest. Because the demons are in the forest. That's where they stay. Hallelujah. But at the mention of the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. every name. And it is important that we examine what we believe. Because you can be in a dangerous situation with a demonic spirit and a voice of condemnation can speak to you that it will totally go away. And then you give up and let the demon weigh you. It is not your lack of fasting that has caused, it is your thinking. Unbelief. So why can I take you did that? Pastor, they had to wait behind for can I take you to put hand on it? And the only touch it, but they pastor for only God knows how many hours. And he was shocked that, but we will do 40 days without eating. And this man said he has never even done three days before. He said he fasts twice in the week, morning to evening, that's all. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said I get any kind of result with those ones. I think for every Tuesday where is a morning to six o'clock, he will fast and pray. And he said with that qualitative results, 
crippled getting up, people being healed. Free of charge. Are you with me? In understanding is powerful. That's why the word of God is very important. Understanding is powerful. Understanding is powerful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is someone blessed tonight? Above all, take unto yourself the shield of faith. Take your eyes off other things and stand on the word of God. Expect the devil to perform tricks to discourage you. As soon as you share testimony about your health, symptoms will start again. As soon as you share testimony about something, you rejoice about your job, then challenges will rise at the job. It is his job to do that. It's your job to ignore him and face the word of God. If God gives you a word about your marriage, that is what you stand on and that is what you say with your mouth. Never say what you see. Say what you've been told. And you must do this deliberately. Build your life. See, maybe I'll talk about this next week where it's about the grace of God. There is a way we pray for the future that is yet to come. God does not live in the present. He lives in present, past, and future at the same time. That's why he said, I am the one that is, that was, and that is to come. Three-dimensional realms. He, he stays in those realms. Now, Jesus looked at Peter. I will say this on that. I think that's Luke 22. From verse 31. 30 or 31. Luke, Luke 22, 30. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan desire to have you to sit you like with. He said, but I have prayed for you. He was talking about an event that was yet to happen. So Jesus sat and he said, Simon, I have seen the next 20 years there is cancer waiting for you. He said, but I have done something about it. When it happens, strengthen others. In another way, encourage others. That means they will just say it's like cancer and then they will say it's not cancer, you are fine. Then tell others what God can do. You don't get what I've just said. For some women, leader, leader, talker, talker, Satan has planned divorce for you. He has planned that your husband will stray and the home will be broken. But I have prayed for you. Because some homes can start very well. Everything is looking good. And then 15 years into the marriage, 20 years into the marriage, a strange influence over the man. And it begins to. Lord, I have prayed for you. Not too long ago, a lady spoke to me. Very wonderful Christian. Some of them are very wonderful people. But some things were happening that could not be explained. No real fight, just some. And the husband sent her a message. I just now in the next six months or the other, but we are going our separate ways. Now I can't, I don't say oh, this. I one of this. I mean, say we are going our separate ways, and so let's just talk about who we, who will the first child, who will the second child go with. This are our people. I don't think I've ever said this to anybody. But somebody entered into prayer. 
and the man just woke up one day and said, what am I doing this? What am I trying to do? And they are still together. Satan desired to have you. He might say that there is a plane crash on your way to America or whatever. There is. But God sees everything. In other words, what I want to get to you is this. When you are praying, also pray in tongues and ask the Spirit of God to take care of things that your mind cannot fathom. Find yourself saying, Lord, you know my future. Whatever is there that is not planted by you or prooted before I get there. It's a very potent prayer that you should pray for yourself repeatedly and for your children and for everybody around you. Why? Anywhere you don't want wheat to grow, plant something there. If you don't plant things, you are automatically empowering wheat to grow. Listen, don't leave your future plain. If you do, wheat will grow there. Sow words into your future day and night. I'm a tree planted by the rivers. I bring my fruits in season. My leaves shall not wither. You are 25 yet you are talking about how wonderful and awesome your grandchildren will be. How they'll be full of health, blessing generations. You are planting something in the future. There will not be tolerance for wheat to grow. How many of you have spoken to your next 30 years, next 40 years? Don't wait for it to come as it is. Then it might sow something there. Remember, the word of God is double-edged sword. When you send it ahead of the future, it will cut everything planted by the enemy. Cut them. So pave the way for the Lord. Plant life, prosperity, grace, goodness, health. Plant them into your future with your mouth. You also have the Holy Ghost inside you. And the Holy Spirit that lives inside you is a futuristic, is past, present, and future together. Let him lead you to talk to your future. These are the moments that we don't waste. At times when you finish worshipping God and words are coming from your mouth. Don't be too concerned about the fact that I asked God for 15 and he has not given me. I don't know whether this thing works. Sometimes the Spirit takes you, at times, eh, God doesn't answer nonsense. One of the most painful things that everybody will know. One day also I was sharing my apostle and he was saying, why is it that sometimes you are talking to God about something very important to you after fasting for today, when he's going to talk, he will talk about something entirely different. Lord, my finance is down. God is saying that. So I point that one as the next person. <laughs> you are like, Baba Itafe Gokoy, and talk to me. I'm not telling me what I mean. It has happened to when it happens, I always take it to be that that means what I am saying is nonsense. If you know the Lord very well, you know that God is very strict. He's a father, but he's a strict father. All this uh, Father Christmas God, he said, I write to little children, your sins are forgiven. When you're a little, a little child, God carries you, you know, you're... when you grow. <laughs> a man said it the right way, that as a child of God, you deal with the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. But remember, it's also the lion and the lamb. When you become a mature Christian, you will see the lion. Yes. Who will tell you? You don't tell God that, Lord, I want you to do this for me. I want you to do this. Your prayer will change that, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because at that time, you tell God, I want you to do it. He said, I'm sorry, Talombawi. You want me to do this, or I should command you. At that time, you, you know 
that your answer, you just say yes, sir. Yes, Lord. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard Pastor Debray say one time that people come around him and they receive miracles very cheaply. He said, but when it comes to your home, you the pastor, it's as if it becomes very difficult. Except to function deliberately by the word. If you are anointed, others will partake of your anointing, but you might not. Because the anointing upon your head is not for you, it's for others. That is one thing I don't like about the anointing. <laughs> How many times have I prayed for people and me? I am confessing day and night, standing on my head, Lord, I am fine in Jesus' name. And the pain will come and then you rebook it and then it will go and then it will rise again and then you, and then somebody will just, I will be listening to testimony of pulpit. I will be like, ah. <laughs> now during that prayer meeting, Pastor just said, and like the prayer meeting where after the prayer I went to the Bible to hold my head like this, like Lord just strengthen me. And then somebody, but that's the way it is. It tells you, stand by your faith, you are fine. Because as far as God is concerned, you are fine. So he said, look, ma, don't talk to me. Let's talk about babies. You go and pray for so-and-so person. Say, Lord, what about me? What is wrong with you? I don't say anything wrong with you. Go and pray for that person. And you will do it by just saying, yes, Lord. Four weeks ago, four Wednesdays ago, a man met me after service. Sincerely, I'll tell you the honest truth. A bit of fear came because I felt that the symptoms and what I looked at him looked like serious COVID. But he said it was tuberculosis, and he mentioned that he's been to this church. They pray for him there, and uh, I just came down from the booth. I was not wearing my mask, so I just wanted to. I just said, "Well, COVID does not move through chest." So <laughs> I said, "Let me just put my hand on the chest." And as I my hand touches the chest, touch, touch his, his chest, it just coughed out every cough, and it didn't enter my nose and everything. Like that. Ah! <laughs> you know, <laughs> but when I got to the office, I took sanitizer. Then I said, It's too late. <laughs> what, what will this one do? So I put it down. I didn't tell my wife, I didn't tell anybody because it must not come out of your <laughs> And the two nights, there was a night, I'll, I'll just toss it out from the bed <laughs> because now it's because I had preached in some places here and there. There was irritation in my voice, in my throat. Even though I knew it was irritation, but I was thinking that they said it starts with something. <laughs> so I sat at the edge of my bed and I, in the night, I just began to read the book of Hebrew. Then I fell asleep. And then I woke up. And then uh, they thought every day it was getting down, down, down. So after three days, I was just like, hey, look, <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Only for the man to come the following week, full of joy, I saw him, his face had changed. They said to somebody that, he said to them that came to preach on the way, the ones that spoke to him that day, that he just came to church on Wednesday. The following week was perfectly healed. I think it was then that he went to hospital and they confirmed that tuberculosis is gone. God is awesome. God is awesome. You know, he wills to use every one of us mightily. But I want to say this. I've shared in different directions. I'm talking about faith, talking about the shield of faith, and talking about the future also. Please, 
never keep your mouth shut and never stop saying what the Bible says about you. You are this broke, you can't pay for something. Never say, I am broke. Keep saying that you are the richest man and your needs are met. Keep saying that God supplies all your needs. Keep saying that your testimony is always that anytime you spend, you receive more. Keep saying it, even though it does not look like it. After a while, the old world will recognize, forces of life will recognize that there is a direction you have chosen to change your life, to take your life to, and that direction is authorized by God, and they will bow to it. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never get discouraged. Oh, I lay my hands on the pen. The pen did not go. Just say that I have, and it has gone. Oh, why are you then taking making sure you can't understand? I'm fine. I am fine. And drop a word that, okay, after this one, I will never take out that one. If you take out that one, you say, after this one, I will never take out that one again. Whatever happens, never let the word of God depart from your mouth. The truth must stay with you at all times. Never. Okay, finally, you wanted to get that car. You couldn't put the money. You kept saying that I have the car, I have the money, and now they sold it to somebody who are still working. Don't get discouraged. Continue to talk. Listen. White House, the church was one time at White House, Tony Street. On Tony Street. A two-bedroom flat opened up at the back of the church. Emina Crescent, that is the street where you have White House, used to be, it used to look so beautiful to me. As a young guy coming from UI to Lagos. And the flat there was 250000 or so, two-bedroom. It was just beside the church. I know I've told you my story. People will, I've always had people staying in my house. So I said, this will even help the church work. All the young men, when they come to evangelism on Saturday, if they can't go far, they stay in my house. People will live with me. We will finish this whole street with evangelism. Those were my thoughts. And actually, they were God-glorifying thoughts. But there was unbelief to combat. There was an adversary. So I will go and look at that flat. I will stand before I will declare. I was planning that seven of us will be living in that flat. And I said, we'll, we'll evangelize everybody on the streets. I met the agents. I used all the faith, spoke the word. Oh, God. And then I went there one day. They had given it to someone else. Because I didn't have the money. But you see, I refused to get discouraged. So one day, I think I was with Paul. And he was following me. I wanted to get something on it. So we drove past that place. I just saw the house. I said, so this was what I was praying for. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. I said, shy. I will never forget for six months exercising faith for under Allah. Allah. And I never got it. But I never got discouraged. Six months after that, my first car was a Jeep. Far better than under Allah. Grade A Tokumbo. So I thought about it that Allah. So sometimes he take care of the first that he might establish the second. When you have truly stood by faith and you don't see that thing, then God have provided something better. That is the story.
Hallelujah. tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Everything, everything, everything about you. Is someone blessed tonight? It's a church of mighty people. Mighty results mighty demonstration of the power of God mighty visitations from above a time will come there is no home you enter into that the glory of God will not enter that home there is no issue you try to resolve for people that will not be resolved because that gift that function in Daniel the solving of doubts will function in you it's an excellent spirit of wisdom and interpretation of the showing of hard sentences when there is a hard sentence in your office, in your family, or around you, you will solve it cheaply. Because the wisdom of God is at work in you. You walk in the powers of the age to come. Greater is it that is in you than the one that is in the world. Your home is blessed. Your home is blessed. Your, the works of your hand, they are blessed. Your children are blessed. Your body is blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Is someone blessed tonight? Give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus. I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.